Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I am here with Chelsea, and we are closing in on the end of Leviticus. It's pretty exciting to me. Chelsea makes dumb faces at me like it's Sorry, not exciting. I took a drink as you were talking, and then I stopped talking, and I had nothing to say. I view her in contempt. <laughs> All right, so we are looking at Leviticus chapter 25, starting there. Uh, we have a lot of kind of property talk, and then a lot of stuff about obedience. Now, Property the, talk. The goofy thing about property talk is... HGTV series. The goofy thing about property talk is it's mostly about people. This is how you would not make a good series on HGTV. No, it would not. Uh, It's mostly about how to own people well, which is weird. Uh, But uh, whenever we think about owning people, I would say the majority of us think about uh, American slavery. Right. That's the context that we have. Right. The African slave trade. Mm -hmm. Horrible, terrible, detestable, evil in God's sight. Yep. So when it comes to Israel... And how they will view slavery, it's important that we take a step back, recognize that we are not talking about the African slave trade, uh, you know. Yep, actually just separate it from your mind because it's something completely Completely, different. because that that is wrong and evil, and God never endorsed it. There's a period of time in American history where the church actually did endorse it, and it gets pretty ugly and pretty gross. Um, and lots of people were against that. Uh, but it's pretty dark. You're just shaking your head. I was hoping you are going to say something. Nope. Just, I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to Leviticus 25. Um, I want to actually have you look specifically at uh, chapter 25, verse 35. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, uh, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. So in the context of slavery in Israel, mm-hmm. Hebrew slavery is going to be a way to get out of poverty. And when you own a slave in Israel, one, you're going to release them at some point. There's an end date. You're going to release their children almost always very quickly. You're not owning generations upon generations. Mm -hmm. So it's a financial tool in a way actually to show compassion to people who cannot afford life. So it's a way to give them a way to make a living. Uh, And God tells them, like, treat them as you would someone in your family. Mm -hmm. So when you hear slavery, uh, which it will come up a couple times in the Old Testament, a couple times in the New Testament as well, uh, do not think about the African slave trade in America. Nope. Think about it as an economic tool that has been designed to allow people to come out of poverty and to be cared for. Because, again, uh, Leviticus, it's it's – a God-centered community. And in a God-centered community, there's not much room for people to stay in poverty and not be cared for by their brothers and sisters, right. by fellow believers. Um, and so this is, this is again, like it's pretty much contingent on the the, day, the year of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. You're, they're going to be released then and hopefully on much better financial footing to where they can start to like afford life and, and property and all those kinds of things. Right. And then we go into blessings for obedience and punishments for disobedience. So... I think this applies to the slavery thing too, because if if the Israelites choose to keep God's commandments the way he's asking them to, they will receive blessings, and he's very clear about that. And then he is very, very clear about what happens when they're disobedient. He gives levels of like, if you do this, then I'm going to do this. If you still do it, then I'm going to do this. If you still do it, I'm going to do this. And he's just like, full out, I will be hostile towards you if you continue to disobey. 
Verbal correction. Time out. <laughs> Go to bed. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were like Early verbally time. Co- <laughs> I thought you were verbally correcting me right now. Like you were like time out. No. Verbal correction. You're wrong. These <laughs> are the levels. Like, I was like, what did I say? God says, stop it. Right. God says, you're sitting time out. God right. says, go to your room. Right. I don't know what the actual last level of parenting <laughs> correction is, except just like, get out. It's not good. <laughs> um, But so he has, yeah, these different levels of punishment. And he is very clear about what's going to happen. And it goes from like, this is what's going to happen to like, actually, this is what is going to happen? It turns into a full-on prophecy because when we get into the prophets, which we will someday, it might be July, but someday, someday we'll get there. Um, Many Sabbaths from now, <laughs> the year of Jubilee will be in the prophets. Um, but we'll see these things that God lays out as what is going to happen to Israelites if they disobey actually happen. They are sent into exile. Horrible, horrible things happen to them. Um, and it's because they were disobedient. And we see that very clearly as we read the Bible chronologically. We're going to see how it just kind of devolves into this nation that no longer um, loves the Lord and the Lord alone. And they are very into idol worship. And these are the things that happen when we're dis- when they're disobedient. And what's awesome, too, is that God ends it with saying, but I actually won't forget you. As much punishment as is going to be released on you, I, I'm not going to forget you. And we see that not just through Jesus, but we see it with Daniel. God remember, God sees Daniel, and he is in exile, and he remembers the Israelites. We see it with um, Esther. We see it with all these people that God remembers the Israelites, despite the fact that they are awful and disobedient. God remembers them and ultimately remembers them through the salvation. Also, we are awful and disobedient. And yeah, God, God you know, remembers I'd us. I'd rather not focus on God that. God sees us. I'd rather just focus on how awful the Israelites um, are. <laughs> if you're super into literary structure, which I know all of you are. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> there, there's a thought out there that we are going to, like, we have one more chapter of Leviticus. Actually, tomorrow is part Leviticus, part Numbers. Um, Woohoo. There's a thought that basically Leviticus 26 and 27, some people say 26 and 27, some people say just 27, um, we're entering into like an epilogue of this book. Hmm. So like a, like a post piece to tie up the book. What you'll notice is that um, you know, all that all that punishment talk can mm-hmm. be a little bit harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, it is God driving home the point like you must obey. Um, tomorrow, what we'll see is part of the epilogue is a little bit more gracious than if you do this, you will deserve this. Yeah. It's actually more just this is the grace of God. Yeah. So Definitely. I mean, it's a bummer to end a day on <laughs> exile and all sorts of awful things. But guess what? Morning's coming tomorrow. We will get into the grace of God and, and Israel's first census, which is also super exciting. <laughs> Stay tuned. Guys, thanks so much for listening today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Leviticus 25, beginning in verse 24. With every purchase of land, you must grant the seller the right to buy it back. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, then he has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. 
the price of the land will be discounted toward the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. In this way, the original owner can then return to the land. But if the original owner cannot afford to buy back the land, it will remain with the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, the land must be returned to the original owner so they can return to their family land. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled town has the right to buy it back for a full year after its sale. During that year, the seller retains the right to buy it back. But if it is not bought back within a year, the sale of the house within the walled town cannot be reversed. It will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. But a house in a village, a settlement without fortified walls, will be treated like a property in the countryside. Such a house may be bought back at any time and it will be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. The Levites always have a right to buy back a house that they sold within the towns allotted to them. And any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns, must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the houses in the towns reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all of Israel. The open pasture land around the Levitical towns may, ne- may never be sold. It is their permanent possession. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make a profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest on money you lend him or make a profit on food you sell him. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you, and he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. At that time, he and his children will no longer be obligated to you, and they will return to their clans and go back to the land originally allotted to their ancestors. The people of Israel are my servants, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt, and they must never be sold as slaves. Show your fear of God by not treating them harshly. However, you may purchase male and female servants from among the nations around you. You may also purchase the children of temporary residents who live among you, including those who have been born in your land. You may treat them as your property, passing them on to your children as a permanent inheritance. You may treat them as slaves, but you must never treat your fellow Israelites this way. Suppose a foreigner or temporary resident becomes rich while living among you. If any of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and are forced to sell themselves to such a foreigner or a member of his family, they still retain the right to be bought back, even if they have been purchased. They may have been bought back by a brother or an uncle or a cousin. In fact, anyone from the extended family may buy them back. They may also redeem themselves if they have prospered. They will negotiate the price of their freedom if the person with the person who bought them. The price will be based on the number of years from that time they were sold until the year of Jubilee, whatever it would cost to hire a worker for that period of time. If many years still remain until the Jubilee, they will repay the proper proportion of what they have received when they sold themselves. If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, they will repay a small amount for their redemption. The foreigner must treat them as hired as workers hired on a yearly basis. You must not allow a foreigner to treat any of your fellow Israelites harshly. If any Israelites have not been bought back by the time of the year Jubilee arrives. They and their children must be set free at that time. For the people of Israel belong to me. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Do not make idols or set up carved images or sacred pillars or sculptured stones in your land so that you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest and your grape harvest will overlap with the season of planting grain. You will eat your fill and live securely in your own land. 
I will give you peace in the land, and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. In fact, you will chase down your enemies and slaughter them with your swords. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. All of your enemies will fall beneath your sword. I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people, and I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. I will live among you, and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck, so you can walk with your heads held high. However, if you do not listen to me or obey these commands, and if you break my covenant by rejecting my decrees, treating my regulations with contempt, and refusing to obey my commands, I will punish you. I will bring sudden terrors upon you, wasting diseases and burning fevers that will cause your eyes to fail and your life to ebb away. You will plant your crops in vain because your enemies will eat them. I will turn against you, and you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you, and you will run even when no one is chasing you. And if, in spite of all of this, you still disobey me, I will punish you seven times over for your sins. I will break your proud spirit by making the skies as unyielding as iron and the earth as hard as bronze. All your work will be for nothing, for your land will yield no crops and your trees will bear no fruit. Even if then you remain hostile towards me and refuse to obey me, I will inflict disaster on you seven times over for your sins. I will send wild animals that will rob you of your children and destroy your livestock. Your numbers will dwindle and your roads will be deserted. And if you fail to learn the lesson and continue in your hostility towards me, then I myself will be hostile towards you. I will personally strike you with calamity seven times over for your sins. I will send armies against you to carry out the curse of the covenant you have broken. When you run to your towns for safety, I will send a plague to destroy you there, and you will be handed over to your enemies. I will destroy your food supply so that ten women will need only one oven to break bed, bake bread for their family. They will ration your food by weight, and though you have food to eat, you will not be satisfied. If in spite of all this you still refuse to listen and still remain hostile towards me, then I will give you full vent to my hostility. I myself will punish you seven times over for your sins. Then you will eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters. I will destroy your pagan shrines and knock down your places of worship. I will leave your lifeless corpses piled on top of your lifeless idols, and I will despise you. I will make your cities desolate and destroy your places of pagan worship. I will take no pleasure in your offerings that should be a pleasing aroma to me. Yes, I myself will devastate your land." and your enemies who come to occupy it will be appalled by what they see. I will scatter you among the nations and bring out my sword against you. Your land will become desolate, and your cities will lie in ruins. Then at last the land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath years as it lies desolate while you are in exile in the land of your enemies. Then the land will finally rest and enjoy the Sabbaths it missed. As long as the land lies in ruins, it will enjoy the rest you never allowed it to take every seventh year while you lived in it. And for those of you who survive, I will demoralize you in the land of your enemies. You will live in such fear that the sound of a leaf driven by the wind will send you fleeing. You will run as though fleeing from a sword, and you will fall even when no one pursues you. Though no one is chasing you, you will stumble over each other as though fleeing from a sword. You will have no power to stand up against your enemies. You will die among the foreign nations and be devoured in the land of your enemies. Those of you who survive will waste away in your enemy's land because of their sins and the sins of their ancestors. But at last, my people will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors for betraying me and being hostile towards me. When I return their hostility back on them and brought them into the land of their enemies, then at last their stubborn hearts will be humbled and they will pay for their sins. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. For the land must be abandoned to enjoy its years of Sabbath rest as it lies deserted." 
At last, the people will pay for their sins, for they have continually rejected my regulations and despised my decrees. But despite all this, I will not utterly reject or despise them while they are in exile in the land of their enemies. I will not cancel my covenant with them by wiping them out, for I am the Lord their God. For their sakes, I will remember my ancient covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of all nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the decrees, regulations, and instructions that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai as evidence of the relationship between himself and the Israelites. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.